Hello all, and welcome to a new episode of Your One Black Friend. I almost said the Dark Oracle's Guide to Fall first, although I need to start doing those episodes again. Um, sorry for the delay. I had to pause to take a step back um, and just to recoup, reevaluate myself and the things that are important to me and start sort of putting things back into perspective as to what exactly I'm doing with my life versus what am I being driven to do. Um, long story short, I realized that I was spending time, for example, on social media that was just wasting my potential, right? I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with um, the Doctor Who series. It's a great series, um, but there is an episode of Doctor Who where about the weeping angels, and what they do is they steal your potential, right? So there are these statues that are stone if you look at them, but when you don't look at them, when you don't focus on them, right, they run up to you. And then if they touch you, they like drain you of your potential. And they say, but they do it in like the nicest way. Like they, they don't kill you necessarily. They send you back in time to like a different time period. And then things that you could have been, right, will you never become. So they kind of drain your time, but they do it in the nicest way. And I always love like that they're my favorite villains because... One, like it's like I said, they don't kill you outright. I mean, they do, but they don't. You still get to live out. Like, let's say you're slated, your persona is slated to live, you know, 80 years, right? You still get to live your 80 years, but you're not going to do it, you know, like let's say you're born in the, the 2000s. I can't believe they're human beings that are like alive, born in the year 2000, but I guess they're 22 now. They're proper adults. It's so wild to me. But anyway, like imagine you're born in, in the year 2000, right? Easy math. And you're 22. Okay, and I was a weeping angel and I touched you. Now, everything you were going to do going forward in, in your timeline, right? Uh, let's say from 22 to like 2050, like you end up like fundamentally changing the world. If I send you back to the year 1850, then you no longer can impact the world in the way that you were supposed to between, you know, the years 2022 and 2050. And it could be, you know, everything, we're all important, Right. So my husband's one of my husband's favorite movies um, is um, it's a wonderful life. And he makes us watch it every fucking Christmas. But he's like, it's just you just need to understand that everybody's important. And like it just one thing was different then the whole world would be completely different. And it, it, it's a it's a great, beautiful concept. And, and I'm totally being a jerk for no reason. But it, it is we are all important. We're all part of like a domino right? I've used the analogy, I want to talk about determinism and fate and, um, you know, Einstein's relativity and all the time happening right now in the 40 block universe, right? Everything is already sort of set out, um, existing in potentia, right? Anything that will be exists right now as probability, right? So if you do something differently, then you could, you could, it's a butterfly, like you could cause a butterfly effect that will completely change the entire world, right? So a butterfly um, effect is kind of tied to like chaos theory, where a butterfly flapping his wings in like China or something could cause like a hurricane and like, I don't know, Hawaii or something like that. Um, so it's all, the idea is that not, nothing that you do is inconsequential, right? So think about Domino's pieces, even though one piece is like just slightly off kilter to the one in front of it, if it doesn't fall in the exact way in the right angle, then it doesn't knock the next piece over. And then the whole thing, you know, can't like the pattern doesn't kind of lay out, right? So we're all very, we're all important to the story. And so that's how they did it. 
uh, the Weeping Angels from Doctor Who. They wouldn't outright kill you. They would just take that puzzle piece out. Um, they were nefarious characters. I mean, they were evil. Um, but they would take that puzzle piece out of the domino, so to speak, right? They didn't actually use like an analogy of a domino. I'm throwing in the analogy of the domino to make things a little bit easier to conceptualize. But they would take out that puzzle piece, right? That would cause all of these other sort of puzzle pieces to kind of ripple out um, so that life can play out in a particular way. So if you weren't in the world right now, um, you're like, okay, here's a great, here's a great analogy I think about. Um, uh, one of the books I read this week was called a, um, a first rate madness, uh, by Nasser Gahim. I think I'm mispronouncing his name. Let me double check that. Um, I want to lose my train of thought, but bear with me. I want to make sure I'm saying this right. Nope. Nasser, I definitely said it wrong. Um, Nasser, gay me, gay me. Um, a little dyslexic there, but uh, and in it he talked about how all of these great leaders that we've known about, um, Martin Luther King, um, JFK, depending. On, I mean, they're leaders. They're great, great leaders. So uh, politics aside, who they were as human beings, like I know everybody's like super like conscious right now and you can't call like a Winston Churchill a great leader because he was like racist or whatever but just can we just put that to the side for a bit <laughs> the people who we have been programmed to think of as great leaders without the extra like everybody trying to cancel everybody um <laughs> right they're they're human beings they're not perfect and everybody fucked up right so he talked about people who culturally we recognize as great leaders politics aside personal beliefs aside bad behavior aside right they were they were the best that society could give at that time they were the best that their society could produce at that time at least the best that history said you know was the best whatever okay <laughs> it's so annoying that you have to like do that in this day and age you can't just like say some shit and you gotta like put all this like caveats around it because people get their feelings are like nobody listening to this obviously you guys fucking know where i'm saying anyway I, I digress i digress so we've got the winston churchill um abraham lincoln jfk uh martin luther king apparently all of these individuals had mental illnesses particularly they suffered with manic depression but mostly depressive states they struggled with um depression right um there were trail um sort of sidebars of like some some of them sounding like they had like ADHD um based on some of the symptoms that he gave um but I just it was it's was one of my favorite books that I've read this week and I'm definitely going to reread it again um next week once I go through I'm reading Valis right now um I just started Valis um like last night towards the end of my painting session from last night so I'm gonna finish it up probably today uh but I'm I definitely intend on reading rereading first grade madness because it was it made me feel better about myself um and it was recommended by a listener who just reached out to me on telegram and was like I guess she'd listened to my last episode towards the end there and she was just like I just want you to read this and that I was so very grateful for the book um as you guys know I mean I'm candid I do struggle with and I guess you could say quote suffer from um a fancy word would be melancholy <laughs> um but it's you know it's clinical depression it is what it is I don't hide it 
Um, I talk about it candidly because at the end of the day, I'm not ashamed for my brain chemistry. It, it is what it is. It's not who I am. It doesn't define me. Just every once in a while, you know, I get a bit melancholic. I, I look at the world as it is and I go, man, fuck this place. Um, I don't think that makes me mentally ill. I don't know if I agree with the way society chooses to define, you know, that thought process as a mental illness. Um, one of my favorite quotes is by J. Krishnamurti, um, in which he says, it is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. This world is fucked up. Is there beauty in this world? Absolutely. Did I choose to come here? I don't know. Depends on when you catch me, okay? Like 50% of the year, I'm like, yes, I definitely, this is a school. I sign up for this shit. I'm here to, you know, I don't know, chew, bum, chew bubble gum and kick ass or whatever. I don't know. But then on the other 50% of the year, I'm like, man, what the fuck is this place? What the fuck am I doing here? This is a fucking prison. So I toggle. And you guys have seen me and heard me toggle on the podcast. It just depends on when you catch me. I guess that's part of the, <laughs> the manic depressive uh, states or whatever. Um, I'm not quite manic dep- depressive, by the way. Um, it's just it's a terrible joke. Um, but um, it's something that I do struggle with. But to me, I don't understand. If the world was perfect, yeah? If the world was the same sort of idealistic world that we had been programmed to believe it was, right? That we've been lied to about, right? The shit that we were we were taught as kids, if the world was actually that way, right? America was truly the land of the free and the home of the brave, right? And that the best and brightest, if you were just, if you just work really hard, you could be president too. Like, no, you don't. Hard work has nothing to do with, anyway, I'm not about to go into that. Like, just imagine that we didn't reach like 30 something and become completely disenchanted by the reality of our civilization, of civilization as a whole, right? If we lived in the world that we were told the world was, and then I still had like depression, um, then you could say that I'm sick, right? Because depression is finding yourself in a situation. The way I choose to define depression is if you find yourself in a situation where like no- nothing is wrong, like kids don't fucking die from illnesses, right? Trafficking isn't a thing. Slavery isn't a thing. Like diseases aren't a thing. Like corruption isn't a thing, right? Like pollution fracking, all of this shit isn't a thing car accidents like all the things that could take us out at any point in time isn't a thing plus reality consistently shifting all the fucking time causing more chaos right like if that wasn't a thing i don't want to go off and just like list all the shit that like really should trigger depression in more people than than like i'm surprised everyone isn't fucking depressed to be perfectly honest and if you're looking around and seeing all this shit and you're still like yeah no this is fine that's crazy to me (laughs) like i'm not projecting it's just weird to me for you to look around and see all of this shit and just be like it's totally okay it's fine like i'm okay with this i'm not okay with this most people aren't okay with this a lot of people are trying to just like get by and a lot of people are programmed to just suppress shit but i don't feel like suppressing shit like i look around i wake up sometimes i look around and i'm like this shit's fucked up 
how can I fix it? Oh shit, like I I don't even know how to fix it. I don't even know how to begin to fix it. Like we see the obvious problems, right? For example, there's a very, very small very small percentage of the population that insists on fucking dividing the fuck out of us and getting each other getting us at each other's throats right and these people are fucking psychopaths but somehow they created a system where we look around and we go you're my enemy no you're my enemy right and the reason why they do that is because while we're busy fighting each other we don't turn around look at them and go wait you're the motherfucker that's pulling the strings this has nothing to do with this person or this person or this person's gender or this person's belief or whatever like you see that shit and it the solution is super simple right like if we would just stop fighting right like and just turn around and realize like the people who are controlling us really have no power because there's like literally billions of us and like a handful of them and we outnumber them all this shit stops right like corporations for example hold the key to clean energy and they are keeping us reliant on fossil fuels for no other reason than they just want to keep making paper money and money is not even fucking real it's fiat it's not backed by anything and even if it was backed by anything beyond just the belief in it it's backed by gold okay ooh, gold what is gold it's still just a shiny fucking rock isn't it like, that's madness to me. You don't need gold to survive. Like, if anything, money should be backed by food. Like, shit that you need to survive. Seeds, herbs, plants, fucking mushrooms. I don't know, magic mushrooms. Like, that's a shit that, like, changes your life profoundly and makes your existence on this planet, like, bearable. Like, that should be what backs up many people are like oh it's not backed up by anything it's backed up by you know it used to be backed up by gold and now it's not backed by anything but even the, the people forget that even gold is is still fiat in a way it's still fiat currency because yeah the, it's used for electronics and things like that or whatever but like that's just some argument that people throw out when you mention the value beyond surface like okay if something if the war if war were to break out I don't want to say that, actually. Let's just say, like, let's speak about somewhere where war has actually broken out without, like, speaking more things into existence. Like, look, let's look at Ukraine. I, fo- I follow some Ukrainian artists. And the first thing that they grabbed when they were essentially, like, being attacked by, by I'm not even going to say by Russia, by Putin, because he's the one doing it right a bunch of people are following orders which annoys me like why are you following orders this guy is clearly the problem but it's it is what it is you know um but it's not russia it's putin it's one person affecting all these people's lives and the first thing that they do is they grab food and they grab like warm clothes you're not really grabbing money because ultimately when society breaks down at that fundamental level you start to realize that money is just a piece of paper and it doesn't fucking matter you grab the things that are going to help you survive. And the fact of the matter is that if at any point in time as something is going to happen and you look around and you see society, your civilization about to crumble and you're not going to grab a piece of paper, then at the end of the day, you know inherently that this thing is not valuable. So then why are we literally killing ourselves for this? Like it make it make sense. It's madness. It's fucking madness, right? You're not grabbing if, if like... If, if, if like a meteor was coming to the entire planet right now, right? And like, like that movie, Don't Look Up, right? And she's about to get wiped out. And they were like, hey, we can, there are some underground caves, some deep underground military bases. It's stocked with like food and you just need to get down there. 
Um, and everybody's going to be, it's, everything's going to be sustainable, right? Self-sustainable, like, but you just need to get to, I don't know, Texas or something like that. What are the things you're going to grab just to get yourself to tech? You're going to grab the things that fucking matter, right? So at those points, people don't really, aren't going to care about money because they realize, I mean, you shouldn't care about money. Please don't grab paper if there was a fucking <laughs> asteroid heading towards us. Don't grab paper unless you're trying to burn that shit for, 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 for warmth. Like, grab things. Like, I, I'll tell you what I'll grab. I'm not going to tell you what, how to do. I'm grabbing all my fucking vitamins. And I don't take, like, multivitamins. I take herbs. So I'm grabbing, like, my, for sure, for sure, my black seed oil, my, my ginger, my, you know, turmeric, like, I'm, I'm grabbing all of that stuff, my anti-inflammatories, like, I'm building a first rate, um, first aid kit, right, I'm grabbing that, I'm grabbing my books, because there's a wealth of information in there, actually, I'm just gonna grab my iPad, because I have all my books backed up into my iPad, I'm, gra- I'm grabbing my solar charger that will allow me to charge my iPad with the fucking sun, because I can't, you, you, you don't know, right, when power is going to go out so i'm going to have the put it on my roof of my car as we're driving to texas so i can have my my shit charged right um hopefully you get gas i don't know (laughs) like you have to get to texas like these are the things i think about totally normal shit right so gotta get to texas so you're gonna have to make sure that you have you know gas right what do you do then do you get some cans and fill it up like the, you're not going to grab money because if for any disaster, any disaster movie that you watch, you realize that it, it immediately, it everything immediately comes down to like a bartering system. Even all my fucking paintings, like nobody gives a shit about my art. <laughs> like the shit's ending. Nobody cares about my painting. Those are just luxuries that we can afford to sort of have the luxury of looking at something beautiful is the luxury that we can afford only while society kind of like hangs like together and like on this balancing beam, like we're handing in the precipice of like everything completely crumbling, but we like think everything is fine or whatever. So art is valuable only in that sense, but nobody gives a fuck about the Mona Lisa if, you know, shit's going down. Unless you're like an art historian that you're just like, no, like I need this for history. And yes, there are those people that like I mean I would grab my paintings for sentimental reasons but I'm not going to expect anybody to barter one of my paintings for like food or gas right it's going to be I have some seeds I don't this is not what I meant to talk about today's episode but look let's just go with it it's going to be I have some seeds you know what I mean um I have some uh, what can you exchange and it's at that level that you start to see what's really important Right. And so if you're not already thinking on that level of like, okay, if everything were to go to shit right now, what would I grab? Maybe you should. This is something that I learned from reading all the books that I read on stoicism. They said every once in a while, no matter how good your life is, sleep on the floor just to see what it would be like if, God forbid, you lost everything and you had to sleep on the floor. I don't do that, but I take the general gist of it in the sense of like, just keep in the back of your mind that at any point in time like all this could could be taken from you because that's just how fucked up this world is it is what it is anyway to know all of that and then in the back of your mind like just always have that in the back of your mind like the people you care about at some point in time something could happen to them and something could happen to you i apologize if this is about to get um depressing and dark please tune off if you're not like ready for this but this is the shit that i think about because i'm 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 aware of this world like it's not the way we want it to be. 
You know what I mean? So to know that, and yes, it's great to find beauty in, in the moments. And then I do just because, because I have that in the back of my mind, I appreciate the fuck out of everybody in my life. All right. Like every time I, I, I hug my partner, every time I'm like, I spend time with my, my, my child, right. I talk to my mom because at the back of my mind, I know all the fucking time I know like shit, like there's going to come a time when I'm going to pick up the phone. And I won't be able to talk to her. I'm aware of that at any given time. And somehow that does make me fucking sad. <laughs> I'm laughing. It's not funny. But sometimes that makes me sad. And sometimes it all just kind of like hits me at once. It's just it's just a hyper awareness of the reality of the situation that I found myself in. It's a high, That's what I consider depression. It's a hyper awareness of a situation that I found myself in. And then knowing that there's really not much like, quote, escape from it, you just have to just deal, right? Because you're not just the only one going through it. There's 8 billion people, however the fuck many human beings are now. Every time we look up, it's like another number is added, even though the population is going up, but then it's also going down, whatever. Anyway, there's billions of people out there who are feeling the exact same way. Some people might be suppressing it with alcohol and other drugs, shopping, right? Weed, right? They're trying to numb themselves to the realization of that. I don't, I just eat it. I just deal with it. You know, like I I do take certain supplements. Like I've mentioned to you guys over and over again, sulforaphane for me, this is not, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm saying this is what I take to help me to become a little bit more balanced so that even when I think about these things, it doesn't pull me chemically to a dark space right? Sulforaphane. I take the brands I take are Crucera and Pure Onco. Um, But people are aware on some level. And the fact that somehow we're still kind of society, like every time I get in my car and I drive and I look around, and I watch people stop at stop signs and, and stop lights, like, and everybody's just still listening to music. Like, you got to tell me, like, you can't tell me that human beings aren't some of the most fucking remarkable creatures on this planet. Like, you can't tell me that. Like, you just can't. I mean, yes, we we look at, like, these wild animals and they have to kind of survive or whatever. That's fine. But for the most part, if you're, like, a predator, like, your life is pretty straightforward, kind of dry. Like, you're not, like, having to deal with a lot of the shit that human beings, modern human beings specifically, because we have survival the way, like, we have to survive the way, like, animals have to survive, except we've added, like, extra levels and layers to shit that we didn't need to. I'm I'm referencing the book Ishmael in case you are wondering what I'm talking about. Like I'm talking about civilization, right? So we've been sold a bill bill of goods that like the way we live, this whole like let's just consume the fuck out of everything, right? To fill this empty hole in our heart that like these one percent of assholes that can not even one percent point zero one percent of assholes that are running things have convinced us is what should make us happy. Knowing that first of all, even the idea of happiness and being able to pursue it is bullshit. I'm telling you guys right now, that's bullshit. You don't have to pursue happiness. You want to be happy? Open your fucking closet, grab a cookie and eat it. You'll be happy. Like not your closet, your your fridge or wherever you put your cookies. I don't know. Like <laughs> that's happiness, right? You want to be happy? Get in the shower, turn on the, the, a hot shower and just sit there. You'll feel happy. Watch your favorite movie. You're happy. You don't have to pursue happiness. Happiness is all around you. That's a pipe dream. You don't have to pursue happiness. They want you to think that you're going to like, like if you just work really hard, eventually you get to the space when you're happy. But you can be happy right now. That's a lie. 
Stop pursuing happiness. Happiness can occur at any moment in time that you want to be happy. Happiness is not the problem. It's not something to chase. And most importantly, happiness is fleeting. That is why they sell it to us as a fucking like bill of goods, as a pipe dream. It's, it's, it's fleeting. Once that cookie goes away, then it's, it's back to normal. And then that's why people eat and overeat because they, they're constantly chasing that moment of happiness. But it's just in the moment. In my, in my depressive state, I had another depressive state yesterday. I'm fine, guys. I'm just sharing. Don't worry about me. I, look, I can handle it. I, I gotta. I, I. I can even share how I handle it. But I was in an oppressive state yesterday. It was like a melancholy, whatever. Um, and then I remembered. Oh yeah, I like music. Uh, I didn't even like remember. Like one of my friends like sent me. It was uh, trying to teach me um, Russian, and so uh, he sent me like a song that had like Russian in it or whatever. And then I was like, oh, this is nice. And then I like found another piece of music that I liked. And then. I remembered, oh, wait, music makes me happy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm fine now, right? So it's not happiness. It's not that I'm unhappy. I can find happiness even in a, in a depressive state. Does that make sense? You're not unhappy. You don't need other people to make you happy because you can make your ha- yourself happy right now. The problem is that you're programmed to think that once like that you that happiness is this like profound state that where once you hit hit it all right once you cross that line you walk into nirvana and then you're just happy all the fucking time and that's what we're told to to fucking like as, aspire to and that's bullshit happiness is not sustainable it's not meant to be it's like basically telling people to aspire towards orgasms I'll say that again. It's like trying, it's like programming people that what they should seek out in life is to, to, to pursue an orgasm. That's weird. It's just a feeling. Happiness is just a feeling. It's not something that you have to pursue. You know what you should be pursuing? And it's not even something you need to be pursuing because you can have it once again right now. It's, it's radical acceptance and, great, and gratitude. And once again, it's not a pursuit because if somebody tells you to pursue something, then what they're doing is it's a carrot and a stick, right? And they're using hope. And you guys have heard me ra- ra- like rally against the whole concept of hope. And when I start to, people misunderstand me because they don't understand where I'm trying to go. But if you really sit with what I'm saying, like it, it does click. It does click. Hope is something that keeps you chasing. Be content now. Be content right now. Be content right now. You're listening to me? Are you unhappy? Fuck that. Fuck that shit. Be content now. You're listening to a podcast. You're not in the middle of a fucking war zone. Look around. Look up. You have a roof over your head. You feel that? Climate control. For the most part. You have food in the fridge. It's not the best food. It's shit. Yeah, but guess what? You're not the only person eating shit, okay? <laughs> like, we're all, we all have fucking Roundup in our food. There's fucking poison in the water, okay? Like, everyone's going through it. It's not just you. So let's, let's start with that. And we will sort this out as a collective. But understand that as a species, the human race, I'm sorry. Like, I, I know how, like, it's in right now to bash, you know, human beings. And people are just like, oh, I fucking hate humans. And I prefer, I prefer my dog. Well, fuck you. 
excuse me but fuck you what's your dog do oh your dog is just unconditionally loving to you most people would be unconditionally fucking loving if they had a roof over their head and were like had access to food whenever they want and somebody to like love them all the time that's why your dog is like that you can't be like i prefer dogs over human beings Look at the way they're living. Look at the way society... Your dog's not aware. Your dog doesn't have fucking social media. Your dog wasn't programmed to be envious and to be jealous and, 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 and to be... To be always constantly pursuing this state of, like, fucking happiness. But your dog does, just does whatever the fuck it wants to for the most part. Like, it can't pee in the house, right? Like, <laughs> and it can't eat your shoes. But, like, those are simple rules. Look at the Supreme Court and look at how many laws are on the land. You can breathe funny and break the law. Like, imagine we threw all that shit out and you had a roof over your head. You didn't have to go to work, right? You got to do what you wanted to do, right? Like, dogs get to do whatever the fuck they wanted. They run around. I watch my dog, Morpheus. The fool just runs around. He doesn't do it. He chases birds. Like, he runs, plays with his own tail all day. If he could read, like, he'd probably chill and read and watch some TV. Sometimes he just sits and watches TV. How would you not be loving? <laughs> yeah, he's got it. And I would argue that there was a time when he, the human race was probably like that. I don't know. I don't have a time machine. Like, they, wanted, they want us to think that life for human beings in the past was shit. But please understand a lot of these experts have, like, a fucked up perception of history in the sense of, like, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'll say it again. If you don't believe me, read the book Science Set Free by Rupert Sheldrake. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They have opinions, right? They have opinions and then they take their opinions and they, like, stress it as law. They stress it as fact. Once again... Please, actually, please go read this book, um, Science Set Free by Rupert Sheldrake. Just finished it um, early in the week. Fucking loved it. Another one I'm going to reread over the weekend. Um, read that so that you can have a, come to the firm understanding that a lot of what we're told about what this world is, the nature of our reality, everything, who we are as a species, about this planet, about our history, is just people's opinions. And what happened is that like you just get one motherfucker or a handful of motherfuckers who were just the most more convincing. Maybe they were the most aggressive. Maybe they were just rubbed the right shoulders. Maybe they were like tenured professors who like slept with the right person. You don't fucking know. Okay? And their opinion about what the nature of reality is and, and how we should interpret artifacts is what gets pushed forward. And, and they could be fucking white supremacists. You don't know. You don't know. And we just accept all this shit as fact. That's why I've been pushing you guys to read the Cosmic series, um, tr- um, Cosmic Trigger series. Especially books one and two. Book three, halfway through it, it gets good. So I guess read all three. Don't listen to me. Um, but basically, he, like, he keeps stressing the fact that like our entire world and the way we perceive it is just a belief system. From our perspective... Or from the perspective, I'm going to extrapolate on his thought process, from the perspective of a very small group of individuals who basically their perception of reality has been imposed on the rest of us. And so we just like billions of people not thinking for themselves because we've been, we've been programmed to hand over our sovereignty of thought to individuals who wear long dresses and wigs and, like a piece, and has a piece of paper saying, I have authority over you. Fuck you. No, you don't. You've you've spent a lot of time reading a bunch of like opinions of like other people who came before you, but just because those opinions have crystallized into dogma, into law, doesn't mean that they're right. 
if you look back in time, you could see that human beings did a lot of dumb shit that now we look back on and we go, that's fucking stupid. Doctors used to prescribe cigarettes. I'm not even going to talk about the things that they did to women in like the medical field, but people just went along with it because this guy had a coat on and he said that he knows what he's talking about. And look, I have the authority of all of these other guys with their coats on and they say they know what they're talking about. So you should do X, right? You should take opium. Also give it to your babies, right? Like (laughs) in hindsight, it shit looks crazy. But it didn't look crazy to them. And if you don't, if you don't pause enough, like just even go all the way back, like just the amount of like superstition that like, that's all, that's all this is. Everything, history, it's superstition. I'm not saying that one person has the right answer. I don't know. I don't know who has the right answer. Most of the time when I'm, what I, what I say to you guys, like, don't listen to me. I'm full of shit. Like, don't, li- I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Right. But neither do these motherfuckers. <laughs> like, it seems really plausible. And they say it with, like, I the way I speak. Like, I still have people reaching out to me. I did that one video. Um, right above my head, too, I put conspiracy theories of the future. And I was I made up this company called AlphaTech. At least I thought I made it up. It turns out it's a real company. But I got cosmic triggered because it, I pulled it out of the fucking Kashuk record. I, I didn't want to say Alphabet because I was actually talking about Google. And I did this video a year ago. And I basically was saying, like, you know, they created, like, robots. Robots that have, that are sentient don't exist to the general knowledge. It was supposed to be fiction. I put it in the captions that this is fiction. And people still took that shit and ran with it because I said it with authority. I didn't even say, I didn't even know I was saying with authority. That was a problem, right? I was just on a screen and I was talking and I didn't start with a preamble like, hey guys, what I'm about to say is fucking fiction. So I, I just, people just took that shit and ran with it. And I still have messages from people like telling me, hey, remember the videos you mentioned about the alpha tech company, like taking the consciousness of people and uploading them onto robots? Can you please send me where you found that video? And I'm like, that video probably exists in the year like 2055. I pulled the story out of like my ass, but the way artists work, like I, pro- I probably did see some shit and then I put it in the story and I called it fiction, but who knows? It's probably not fiction. It probably is happening in a parallel universe, but it's just not happening in this universe because that was a fictional story. It was a fictional story. But I, I guess just the way I talk sometimes, um, it comes off as authoritative. And that's because I have like in my ancestry, there's literally like royalty in my family. And so it's just epige- epigenetics. I have, I come from a long line of leaders, so I speak with the, with, with authority, but just because I speak with authority doesn't mean I'm an authority figure. Please don't do that. Like, I'm not, I just speak with authority. Just, that's just epigenetics, right? It's just inherited. My great-grandfather was a king when his great-grandfather were king. So it just, it's inherited and it's in my genes. So that's just the way I talk, which, um, science sets, sets free, uh Rupert Sheldrake actually talks about that as well. Great read. Great, great read. Check it out. Um, so we really need to pause and take a step back. Just because somebody says something with authority doesn't make it true. And that has that was the fact that people kept reaching out to me about that made me realize like, okay, this is a serious problem. Cause I didn't even, I'm wearing a goofy t-shirt. I'm wearing a unicorn t-shirt. If you go look at the if you go and watch the video on my YouTube channel, it's on my t- and my TikTok as well. I'm wearing a pink shirt with a unicorn on it. It says hello unicorn. It's actually a reference to um altered carbon. Um the main character, I forget his name right now, but he always carried around a 
backpack. It was a pink backpack with a hell of a unicorn on it. Nobody still to this day has gotten the reference, by the way. But that's because few people have actually seen the show. Which, sidebar, quick sidebar. Um, Netflix, HBO, if you work for or affiliated with any of these companies, can you tell them to advertise their old shows? To me, it's stupid. I'm sorry. I apologize. Don't take this the wrong way, Netflix and or HBO. Stop pumping millions of dollars into the production of brand new shows. You don't have to keep posting new content when you have perfectly good content sitting in your database. Advertise that shit. Like advertise your shows like Rome. Rome is a dope show, HBO. Make people sit back and watch that shit. You spent time, energy, and effort just because it came out 10 years ago. Whatever doesn't mean it's like, it's useless. It's a good show. I just rewatched Catherine the Great on HBO. Random sidebar. I'm going to get back on topic, but <laughs> I just rewatched um, Catherine the Great on HBO. Beautiful show. I wish it was more than four episodes. Um, but if you haven't watched that, it's just like the gender. Like, I don't even know. Like, I, it made me want to read more about um, Catherine the Great. Um, go check it out. It's a good show. And, like, you talk to the average person about it and they don't know what you're talking about because they did a shit job advertising the show. And they're, like, still looking for new ideas, new ideas. Just promote the shit that you have, HBO. Promote, like, okay, Netflix. The Tudors, that's a dope show. Stop waiting for word of mouth for that shit. Advertise shit that you already have. Remember I was talking about learning to appreciate what you have, right? Gratitude for what you have. I'm not saying they shouldn't produce any new shows for you twist my words. Like, that's fine. But, like, advertise the shit you already have. Except for Game of Thrones. That was shit. (laughs) Redo the last two seasons of Game of Thrones and then re-advertise the shit that you already have. I don't know how I got on that tangent. Anyway, Authority. Yeah, so I'm sitting there with a t-shirt. Oh, yeah, Altered Carbon. It's a dope show, Netflix. Re-advertise that shit because I want, be able to, I want people to be able to catch my fucking references. When I'm wearing a pink shirt that says Hello Unicorn on it, don't just be like, oh, nice pink shirt. No, there's actually a dope-ass shirt from a dope-ass show and even more dope book series. Go watch some intelligent shit so my references can stick, okay? So, advertise your old shows, Netflix. Why the fuck not? Advertise old episodes and of like Black Mirror. I don't care about the new shit. First of all, frankly, I haven't even seen the newest episode of like of, of Black Mirror because honestly, like it had Miley Cyrus in it, which like no issues against Miley Cyrus. It's just like I feel like a show loses its soul a bit once they start adding like celebrities to it. I, I don't want celebrities. Like I want like regular actors, right? Because it takes away from the story because now all I can see is Miley Cyrus. I can't see the character, but I don't random rant uh so yeah i'm wearing a hello unicorn so uh t-shirt but i'm just i'm talking but i guess just the way i'm speaking people sort of go oh like i i seem like an authority figure despite and i, I was intent i intentionally wear goofy shirts on purpose so i don't come off as an authority figure and yet people still see that and then they run with it and that's a problem stop stop listening to other people like you go find the information and you think for yourself right? It, it's very important. This is very passionate to me, right? I, I know it just seems like I'm just like blindly just like railing against the machine with like my low-key sort of like anarchist <laughs> um, views or libertarian views or whatever. But at the end of the day, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you two stories of medical malpractice that I've had. 
to happen with my body. Okay, the first one was when I was about 13 years old. My family just moved to the United States. I had a dermoid cyst. Basically, I was supposed to be a twin. I am a twin, but like we didn't split properly. I don't know what happened, but right, right when I hit puberty, um, he or she, they started growing inside of my body. And like within like two, three weeks, my stomach was distended and it was just like this like cyst that was essentially a tumor. And we went to one doctor and the doctor, they didn't think to run a biopsy but that's an expert, right? So the, that one expert, I'm going to call him an expert. I'm not even going to say a doctor. I'm going to say one expert in health and medicine said, oh, she's just constipated. And they gave me some laxatives and sent me back home. But that wasn't the truth, was it? It was just one person's educated guess and opinion. But they said it as law. They didn't say, oh, I think she's just constipated, right? Because when you are an expert and a doctor, you are programmed and taught in your institution of higher learning to speak with authority. I've met many nurses who tell me this about doctors. Doctors do not like being challenged. To Some of them feel as though like they are, in fact, like gods of their, of their practice in a way. And if you question them, they get angry. So very strong egos, but that's dangerous. So they sent me home with laxatives. And two weeks went by nothing changed. I was still distended. So then thankfully, we went to get a second opinion at a different hospital. And then I met a different expert. And then this expert expert decided to run uh, an MRI. And then they, they saw the tumor. Okay, cool. Thank you. Now we're getting closer to the, to the problem. What they were supposed to do was biopsy because they, they did my um, blood work, didn't really find anything negative with the blood work, but they were supposed to do a biopsy. Okay, so an expert recommended a biopsy. And then another expert, the surgeon, went in and instead of biopsying the tumor, they took out the entire tumor. They took out my fallopian tube on on one of my sides, I think on my right side, and they took out my ovary on one side. Partial hysterectomy at 13 years old when I went in for what was supposed to just be a biopsy. That's what an expert did to me at the age of 13. And then because they never biopsied it, they said, we don't know if there there were cancerous cells in there. So just to cover our bases, um, you're going to have to have chemotherapy. So at 13, I lost half of my reproductive organs and all of my hair as I was getting ready to go into eighth grade. It's not emotional for me, so... I just like at this point I've come to terms with it. It's important that I share it with you guys so that you guys can understand why I've been posting the videos I've been posting, why I come out so strong against experts. The reason why I want you guys to read the books that I'm recommending to you so you can understand and not end up in a situation where you just blindly thought like trust an authority figure. Because at the end of the day, you need to understand, and this might actually save your life, that even if they speak with an air of authority. It does not mean that they are right. They are not omniscient. They are human beings and human beings made mistake, make mistakes. I found that out the hard way. That was my first issue. My second issue happened with my eyes. As some of you may or may not know, I have optic neuritis. Essentially, it's when my immune system attacks my optic nerves. Um, it happened first years ago when I was in college with my right eye. Went to one expert who said, uh, this is probably caused by stress. Um, there's nothing we can do really about it except for inject steroids into the optic nerve in your eye. I was like, that sounds terrible, hard pass. And I left it and they said, this is a one-off thing. You're probably under a lot of stress. 
um, take care of yourself. And that was it. Then like 10 years later, um, the same thing happened over time though. It wasn't just, I went to sleep and I woke up. I'm kind of cliff notes, giving you the cliff, cliff notes version, but this is what happened. It wasn't that I went to sleep and woke up. It was like week after week. It just, the, the vision and the left, I just started to kept diminishing, kept diminishing, kept diminishing. And it was, I was stressed. Um, it was very reactive emotionally. I used to have a really quick temper and I realized that every time I would have like an emotional, um, episode, my vision would drop. And I told all of this to another expert. I actually went and saw a neuro neuro ophthalmologist in um, La Jolla. And it was like, she was like one of the top of whatever. And I told her all these things. And she is the best. She's an expert in her field. And she was kind and she was good. Um, But she was like, you have no other physical symptoms besides just this eye thing. In fact, I've never seen something like this before. Now, when somebody says that to me, immediately I think, okay, well, then that's different. Don't like broad spectrum it. And this could maybe be psychosomatic as well. But she's not me and I'm not a doctor, but she was an expert. So they couldn't figure anything out, but they had to treat me. So she uh, recommended steroids again. And um, and she like pushed it. She was like, "This you need to do this. And then she also had me take a blood test. So I took a blood test and the test said that I had something called Devic's disease. All right, the test, that's what the blood test said. That's very important. And so keep those two things in mind. When I called back in, I was that was the day of that I was supposed to go in for this uh, steroid treatments. So I called in and I just said, I want to know what the side effects are. And I spoke with another expert on the phone at this hospital. And um, they were like, we don't know. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, what do you mean you don't know? They're like, just Google the steroid that you're supposed to be getting or whatever and then look there. And I'm like, I'm calling you. You're going to put it in my body and you're telling me to Google what? And so I hit up Google. I can really find like, I mean, I found like here and there, but I needed to know what exactly they were putting in my body. So I called again. And then the second person I got on the phone, a nurse, not doctor expert status, but still. So she's gone to school for this. Um, she was like, call CVS and ask them. And that to me, after my experience at 13, that put me off the whole steroid thing. So I left, I left the entire situation. I, I, I was like, I'm good. And so we sought a second opinion. Now I went to another hospital. I'm not going to mention the name because it is what it is. It's a big name hospital. And I went to go see another expert, a specialist. And at that hospital, they admit, an expert there administered another test, the same blood test for Devix. And I told him, I said, this previous hospital said they had Devix based on this blood test. So can you test me again? He tests me again. This time the blood test came up negative. And he was like, you're ex- exhibiting no other symptoms. This test is negative. I would say that the first test was inconclusive, but I still want to put you on a medication that's going to shut down your immune system, right? Because it's an autoimmune disorder thing. So just in case, we're just going to put you on there. And I said, okay, but from what I know about medication, if, they sh- if it shuts down my immune system, given that I have a prehistory of this tumor that I don't know whether or not it's benign or malignant, um, what about cancer because you guys need to understand that every year your body develops tumors and then your immune system fights these tumors and and for the most part it stops it from becoming cancer and even sometimes when it is cancerous your immune system can treat it so long as you don't burden your immune system with like bullshit that you put in and on your body right anyway um and he said that's just a risk that you have to take 
And he said it in such a cold manner. Like he did not give a shit. I was just another paycheck. And that didn't sit right with me. So I left. And I followed up with a family friend who is also an expert, well-trained doctor. And I told her what was going on. And she said, if I took a pregnancy test, this is she used pregnancy tests as an example to get me to understand, you know, what was going on. She said, if you take a pregnancy test in December and then you take another one later in like February, right? And one says, the first one you test says, the first test you take, they say it's positive. And then the next test you take, it says it's negative. Then two things, either one, these tests are not reliable tests, or two, the first test you took was a false positive. But based on what you have going on right now, you cannot be diagnosed with anything, let alone something as debilitating as Devix disease. For those of you who have not heard of Devix, it is an, it is actually considered to be worse than multiple sclerosis. And that's what he was attempting to put on my head. Okay, um, so I followed up with another expert in San Diego at the Eye Institute, and I told him everything. And I still have it on record. He didn't realize I was recording him, but I filmed him. And he said, you cannot be diagnosed. In order for you to be diagnosed with a particular disease, you have to check certain criteria. So two tests that kind of contradict each other and no other symptoms beyond optic neuritis is not sufficient enough to diagnose you with any disease at this moment. So just take care of yourself. And that was what I needed to hear. So I followed up with a naturopathic doctor who prescribed something to me. This is not medical advice. I'm just telling you my story. And what she prescribed to me was something called low-dose naltrexone, N-A-L-T-R-E-X-O-N-E. I'm probably fucking naltrexone, X-O-N-E, this is how it ends. Um, low-dose naltrexone, you can Google it. And... Um, for me, she prescribed three milligrams. And she said that people who have autoimmune disorder have found, um, have had luck with this. And she she advised for me to take it every day. But the way I saw it was, um, I don't need to take it every day. I'm not telling you to go against a doctor. I just saying this is what works for me. I'm just telling my story. Okay. Um, so what I decided to do instead, basically, I went online, I researched, read everything I needed to read about it, find about side effects, everything like that. At high doses, they use it for people who have um, like addictions, opioid addictions, but at low dose of three milligrams, anywhere from 1.5 to three milligrams is what she recommends. Sometimes four just depends on your body weight. It has been found to be effective against autoimmune disorders, um, but it's cheap, and it is like readily available and do with that information what you will. Okay. Um, so I realized that, okay, if I cut out certain allergens from my diet and avoid things that will stimulate my immune system. So at the time when I was having issues with my eye, I was also taking a lot of things that are good for your immune system because I was trying to prevent cancer because to this day, I still don't know whether or not I had that, that dermoid cyst was cancerous because of the first malpractice issue that I had, right? And the second with the eye thing could have potentially been a mal- malpractice. That's why, that's why I call the, um, the, the what happened at, to me at 13, that's why I call it a malpractice. Um, but I had been taking things just to boost my immune system. But the problem is if you have an underlying immune, like an autoimmune disorder, 
which I would I would hazard or guess was triggered by the chemotherapy that I had to take that I may not have needed to take. And the reason why I don't think I needed to take that is because while I was at this other hospital, the second doctor that I went to go see that administered the second test, I met a young lady from Canada who was not African-American. She was a white lady and she had the exact same thing I had had, but her expert that she consulted with, all they did was remove the tumor. They didn't give her chemotherapy. They had her monitor um, like what she ate and things of that nature. So she gets, she got to keep her reproductive organs. So this is really fucking passionate to me. You get, you get what I mean? So when I tell you guys, I, I sit and I put a two-minute video out on fucking TikTok or whatever, it just seems like I'm just this like person who's just railing against authority. No, I'm not. I, I want you to understand, I, I don't have issues with doctors. I don't have issues with scientists. I don't. But you need to understand that they're human beings and they make mistakes, but they present their, their opinions with this air like with this air of like omniscience and you cannot challenge them and you need to be mindful of that so that you don't end up in a situation where you end up like half of your reproductive organs ripped out of your body at the age 13 because you just blindly trusted in the authority of another human being you get where i'm coming from guys I don't get on this podcast and sit and record this thing. Like, I mean, I, 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 I don't, the only thing I get out of doing this is knowing that I am impacting people's lives in a positive way. I'm just sharing shit. You're not going to hear any ads on here, right? There are no ads. It's just me talking and then I'm off. Because at the end of the day, my, my, my experiences I need to be able to share them so that somebody else doesn't go through what I, what I went through. We have to help each other for no other benefit than ensuring that the human race as a whole gets out of this deep sh- like shit, hole of shit that we found ourselves in. That's fair, right? There's no emotion. <laughs> Beyond, I guess, passion in this episode. I'm just sharing information. Okay? So, like, don't feel sorry for me. Don't be like, ooh, daddy. It, it is what it is. It's my story. That's what happened. And if I had to go through that in order to keep anybody, one person listening to this, in order to help one person from listen, that, that is listening to this or whom I know somebody, then, I've, then it's worth it to me. But ultimately, what we need to understand is that as a whole, as a race... We need to get to the space. And on, I know what I'm about to say because there are, there are literally laws on the book, on the books right now. I've had people send to me. If you go on like whitehouse.org or whatever, they basically say that like anybody who basically tells people to like challenge authority is like they've class, they want to classify as a terrorist. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. And that's scary to me. But I'm not going to be afraid to, to speak out. It is what it is, right? But we don't, we can't afford to continue down the path that we are continuing. It's not going to end well. I, I don't understand. That's the thing that's always weird to me is that I actually think about that today. Like, why is it 
Like, I don't even care if you're going into politics to just fucking be rich. Fine. You know what I mean? Like, okay, fine, be rich, right? Like, we look at the Putins, for example, right? He's got more money. He's actually the world's wealthiest man right now, presently. But because of the way he got his money, he's not going to be recognized by, by media as the world's wealthiest man. At least the world's wealthiest man that we are aware of. I'm sure there are others, right? Um, but, like, why don't you make it so that, like, okay, if you're going to steal, fucking steal. I don't give a shit, but why don't you make it so that the people that you are ruling over are okay, too? Like, why are you hoarding everything like fucking Smog, the dragon from Lord of the Rings? That was a Lord of the Rings reference. Why are you hoarding everything? Like, I, I would be okay, honestly. I, I honestly would be, because like, if, you, if you're going to be a piece of shit anyway and, like, hoard people, like, hoard your nation's wealth, okay, fine. But, like, you're going to do that shit anyway. Can you just make it so that, like, everybody else has at least, like, decent, like, food, access to, like, good food? education like proper education not programming not brainwashing right like that people are just at least like they have opportunities they're happy with their lives can you just make sure there's no homeless people on the street can you just take care of like can you just can you just be like like if you're gonna hoard like do you guys know what i'm trying to say you guys know what i'm trying to say like you're gonna hoard like i don't understand why it's always like like why do you have to be like a dick why do you have to be like super oppressive like if you're gonna be a dick like in the sense of you're just like all right i'm gonna hoard all i'm gonna hoard money right but at least make it so that everybody else you're ruling over so you're you're at least a good leader like i don't understand you're hoarding that much money and people fucking hate you like i don't get that that doesn't make any sense to me if i had like if i was like a putin if i had the predisposition to just hoard wealth because i'm like i don't know i would i would i would still make it so that like everybody else was like good and I would want my country to be good, right? Like, I would make sure that people lived well. I would make sure that people had access to, like, you know, education. Like, I would make sure that, like, the people in the West wouldn't have shit to say to me, right? Like, like imagine I was hoarding all this money, but, like, we had, like, high-speed rails, right? Imagine this is, like, the, the country is Joe's country, the United States of Joe, okay? And I've decided that I am president for life, Okay? Um, and I'm, I got, I'm that crazy. Okay. But you come into the United States of Joe and like everyone, there's no homeless people. Like the shelters are nice. They're staffed with like, like, and I'm a tyrant. I would be a tyrant. Right. So like everybody just did what the fuck I told you to do. Otherwise, like I'll fuck them up. Right. So, so but like homeless people would have like boarding houses right? And everybody would have their own room and there would be on staff mental health professionals to give them the right medication to help them wean, to wean them off drugs, right? I would, I would like mandate that shit, right? I wouldn't, I would make it so that everybody would have like, like basic income, like guaranteed basic income, just base level. You can still barter and do the shit, but at the very least, like you would, you would do that. And then I'm hoarding all the money so I would like pay the institutions to teach actual history so that I I would want everybody in the United States of Joe to like be the smartest human beings on the fucking planet. Like I would want to rule like that's the one thing I don't understand. I watched this um, 
podcast with, uh, I forget his name, Jordan Peterson, I think. And he had interviewed this beautiful lady from North Korea. And she was telling, she was talking, like, just, it was just very heartbreaking. And she was talking about how, what people in North Korea have to, like, how they're living. And she was, like, sex trafficked. She was an actual slave. Like, just eating, like, just to survive what she had to do to survive. It was, like, heart-wrenching. And then you have this fat bastard. And this is not, I'm not calling him fat as a derogatory term. I'm just saying he's, I mean, he's a bastard. So I'm thinking more like Austin um, Powers, please don't cancel me. Uh, but you have this bastard, okay, that just, he's hoarding everything. If you're going to call yourself the supreme leader, right? It's really easy. You're not even a good ruler. Like it's really easy for you to make people suffer. If you really want to call yourself great, right? And you're going to set up a, a, a dictatorship. Why is it never where the people that they dictate over are actually like living good lives? Like, that's always weird to me. Like, it's really easy to, like, hoard everybody's wealth and then, like, have everybody else leaving, like, shit. But, like, how does that even make you a good ruler? You're not even, like... Like, the people that you're lording over that are worshipping you are actually li- living, like, worse off lives than, like, the people outside who... Like, you're, you're, you're setting a bad example. It's not a good look. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm just... I'm laughing at the situation more than anything else. Like, why is it always shit? And then we look here at the states, and that's where they're trying to, like, get us to, right? It's, like, so fucking... It's getting more and more oppressive. But, like, our infrastructure is crumbling. I don't understand that. Why is it always, like, shit? You know, like, why is it always shit? Like, how come there's never like a dictator that comes wrong? And I get it, right? I guess maybe that's just the nature of the dictator. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like if I were a dictator, I would just like, I would be, I'm so like my ego, if my ego is that strong where I was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna take over everything because I can do better. Like imagine taking over a whole entire country because you feel like you can do better than like freely elected individuals. And then like people are literally starving. You don't look in the mirror and feel like a total failure. How do you not feel like you suck as a human being, as a person? Like, I feel like you listening to this right now and you took over a country, right? And there's other countries on the planet. So people are watching you. You set yourself up and you're like, no, I'm going to rule. I'm the best ruler ever. Wouldn't you want your people to like live better? Like, I would set up a system. I'm not running for <laughs> dictatorship. I'm just saying, like, this shit doesn't make any sense to me. Every time a dictator takes power, every time, like, a tyrant takes power, every time a fascist takes power, it's always, like, to oppress people. Like, like it's stupid. And there have been leaders in the past who, like, ruled with, like, absolute power, but they made sure that the people... I can't think of any right now, but, like, I, I see it in my head. It's just... But they made sure that the people, like, they enforced a golden age which makes more sense to me it's just these modern assholes like they're just (laughs) i was thinking like joe you're going off the rails but i'm not though think about it why is it always negative is what i'm trying to say like how come you can't just take over your country like i i have i'm nigerian you guys know that like every once in a while i just want to go to nigeria and just take shit over and just like make my country better by force (laughs) i just i don't know like where are all the good fascists (laughs) all right okay just in case you haven't noticed this is it's i i'm touching on some very heavy um subjects this episode but i'm also trying my hardest to make it sort of a bit lighthearted, right so you can't really i don't want you like listening to an episode about depression and fascism and then getting off like thinking like fuck life i don't want to add to that 
right? I want us to make light of it because ultimately this world a fucking joke. It's a cosmic joke. Um, it's a cosmic joke. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent certain that our lives aren't literally entertainment for like a species of, I don't know, fourth dimensional entities outside of this world. Like I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, you know how I've said this before, so it's not news to like regular listeners, but you know how, like when you go to like TikTok, everybody's got their channel and then that person's just like, they're just that person's channel. They're just doing like whatever it is that they do and you just watch them do whatever they do. Like, I feel like life is imitating art or art is, let me say that. Let's say art is imitating life in the sense of this world is art of another dimension, of another civilization. And we're just imitating what's actually happening to us right now. Because honestly, it's the only shit that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't see how this is real life because this is, this can't be real. And this is real. Nothing I would have said, I've said the last hour would even make sense. Like, why would I be complaining? I'll say that again. If this was real, why do we have this like in- inherent sort of like repulsion towards the way things are? This is the world we met, but yet every single person that you meet, you ask them like, can this world be a better place? Why is this world like this? And they all report the same thing. Yeah, something's not right. Like this is, we could do better. But the thing is like, the fact that we feel like we can do better should tell you that the, then this is not, like this is not okay. We have this, we all have this inherent feeling of, Hmm. Something's not right. This is not how things are supposed to be. Why are we all? Why do we all feel this way? If you look around on the other the other animals, they're not looking around thinking like, okay, what's going on? Because it, ultimately, I think we know that something's not right. It's not all right. So I'm not. I, I'm not ashamed to have melancholic states. Because I think about this stuff and more. Like, imagine the shit I don't talk about. And I'm not going to talk about. Um, But I think about it. And to say that I'm mentally ill, because, like, looking around, I'm, I'm looking at the state of humanity, knowing that we could do better. And the shit breaks my heart. And it makes me sad. And that most people are relatively ignorant to what is being done to them. I think more and more people are waking up, thankfully. But hopefully it's, it's, it's in enough time that we can actually do something about it. But if you sit back and you look around and you really sit with what is going on in this world, look around. I mean, I've touched on just a half of it. Not even a half. Like There's stuff that I don't even know that I don't know. You know? It, it it hurts and it makes me sad sometimes. You know? And to say that I'm <laughs> mentally ill because I look around and I'm I'm and I'm I feel this. And that's one of the things I really love about this book. Um gosh, what is it? The one I mentioned about uh, a first rate madness. And I'm really grateful for the individual that that recommended the book to me. So if you're listening, much love to you. Thank you. Um, but what the author talked about was empathy, right? What a lot of these people had was empathy, right? Gandhi. And yes, I know Gandhi was racist against black people. I don't fucking care, okay? Like, it just, it is what it is. He was a product of his time. And were there other people in his time that weren't racist? Yes. 
But once again, I'm not throwing the whole entire human being away because of his misgivings. Like, flaws. Who's fucking perfect? Who's perfect? Who's perfect? Who is sane and who is perfect? We gotta stop that shit. I had a photo shoot. Um... A month ago, and I finally just saw the pictures from the shoot, and I looked at it, and I was like, "Holy shit, I'm hot!" Why did nobody tell me I'm hot? <laughs> I'm looking at these pictures, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm about to like start some trouble." I didn't know I was this hot walking around with this face on. Oh my god, like it's disrespectful being this hot. I'm about to start problems, and like my friends that I sent it to, they're like, "What are you talking about? Like people tell you you're, you're like you're hot all the time." I'm like, I just in my head, I don't accept it. It's sad. It, it breaks my heart a bit for myself. Um, no, jokes aside, like legit, this was my thought process, okay? I saw the pictures and I was like stunned. And it's not like I've never had pictures of myself before. It's just I've been changing my mind. I've been working on my mind. And what I've been telling myself is that even before I had the shoot, and this is not the first shoot I've had, I, I modeled um, most of my teens and into like my early 20s. Uh, I actually was signed with an agency. I just got dropped because I went off on my <laughs> on my agent. But that's besides the point. Um, that's another story. But like I have had pictures taken of me. But you know, when I go out and people are just like, You're beautiful, like I don't it doesn't enter my head because growing up I was socialized to be perfect. I'll say that again. Growing up, and I think a lot of people my age, a lot of millennials could probably um maybe relate to this, but I was socialized to be perfect. Even though perfection is not attainable, right? We live in a society that tells you that all the things that are fucking wrong with you. Gen X or Gen Z, these young kids coming up now, they have it easy because there's a more consciousness. There's more awareness. Like think about the ads now, the Victoria's Secret ads now. There's like people of all sizes now. We didn't have that shit. <laughs> they just showed you like the freakiest versions of like the like just the freaks of nature of humanity and i'm aware that i apparently fall along amongst that category but they found like they scoured the entire planet and found people who looked like literally barbie dolls and then they photoshopped them even thinner to make those people feel insecure about them their own selves when they looked at this photoshopped image that's what the fuck we grew up with guys you young ones Whatever is it G- Z? I don't know what they're counting down to. Gen X, Gen Z, the ones below millennials. We didn't see the shit you guys saw, guys. They didn't show black people. They didn't show. <laughs> it was just white people, white people, white people, white people, skinny white people with straight hair. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we didn't have this, and 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 they made you feel like shit. Go get a time machine and go into an Abercrombie and Fish in the nineties. You felt like shit. They had t-shirts that were disrespectful to, like, your culture. Like, the world is slightly less savage now. But just 10 years ago, 15 years ago, even, nobody gave a fuck about your feelings. Nobody gave a fuck about your trauma. They didn't know what trauma was. They didn't know what inherited generational trauma was. They didn't know what epigenetics was. They didn't know about... No, none of that shit. We were socialized to be perfect. And we couldn't see ourselves. If you're a black woman of color, if you're a black person, period. If you're a woman of color, period. Asian, Latina. Like, y'all know curly hair? Get the fuck out of here. 
braids, wearing your natural hair, just being able to wear your actual hair that grew out of your head naturally. That was like an act of fucking defiance. Are you kidding me? We were socialized to be perfect when it wasn't even attainable. Perfection is as unattainable as a constant state of happiness. We were sold illusions. It was a fucking pipe dream. So I couldn't see myself. And when I look in a mirror, all I could see were my flaws. My perceived flaws. So if my armpit didn't match my arm, or was a different shade, right? I have dark armpits, right? That's a flaw. So you showed me a picture of me when I would have a photo shoot, and my eyes would immediately, I wouldn't even see my face, would immediately go to, my armpit doesn't match. I don't like that picture. Or if my makeup wasn't blended properly, it would be like, oh my gosh, like that, my contour is off, right? Or my, my, my boobs aren't sitting on my fucking collarbone, right? That's what we were taught to see, only our flaws. It took me, I'm 36 years old. It took me 36 years to finally look at a picture of myself and be like, oh shit, is this what y'all are seeing? Holy shit, 36 years old. And you know why? It's because like more and more humanity are waking up and we're showing each other, we're talking to each other. We're saying, look, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. I've seen videos of people take off their wigs on social media. Like a woman I saw, she had lupus. She just pulled her wig and just showed her bald scalp. And I'm like, wow, that's... We're not supposed to be perfect. Eight billion, seven billion people all dealing with their own shit. Nobody is in a constant state of happiness. Everybody's dealing with their own shit. But we had all these fucking images shoved up our ass, basically telling us that there's something wrong with us. Fuck. Y'all tired? And then we wonder why we have mental health issues, man. The system is sick. The system is sick. I've never seen so many beautiful people my whole entire life. And what I mean by beautiful is not the, the, the stick thin people that they shoved. People with stretch marks. I could take a picture now and look at a picture of myself and see my stretch marks and see cellulite and see like, you know, like my natural lines and wrinkles or, or whatever. And still think that's a beautiful goddamn fucking picture because it's I'm human not supposed to be perfect but like think i keep talking to you guys about magic if you don't think this shit is real you're not paying attention what it's of course it's magic if you glamour a photo and you retouch it retouching it is you're showing people something that isn't actually real you're fucking with people you're showing people this is something that is actually possible you're lying to them it's a mesmer it's a mirage. It's an illusion. And you're constantly showing them, showing them, showing them, showing them, showing them, showing them. That's all they see. They get up, they see the mirror, then they see the TV. And you keep showing them this. And then you tell them there's something wrong with you. But in order for you to look like this, buy our product. That's another fucking line. You're happy? You want happiness? Here, drink a Coke. Do you want friends? Here, shop here. Do you want people to think you're pretty? Here, inject botulism into your fucking forehead. Guys, that's botulism. Botox is botulism. Look up botulism poison or botulism injections. That's botulism. Also, look up what botulism does. I, I, I'm sure that there's, you know, pamphlets that say that shit's perfectly safe. Eh. 
okay? But it's still botulism, <laughs> okay? That's where we're at. Because they told us that having wrinkles in our fucking faces is ugly. Shit that happens naturally is ugly. That's what they told us. Shit that it's going to come to a point where inhaling, if you inhale the wrong way, now you have to take short <laughs> fucking inhalations so they can shit sell you some shit. Paper. Money, paper money that doesn't mean anything. That if something were to happen right now, the entire society falls apart, you wouldn't think twice to grab. And that is what we are torturing ourselves and have tortured ourselves over the last however long for. Just so people can hoard paper. It's not even paper anymore. At least you could wipe your ass with paper if anything happens. At least you can burn cash. They don't, we're now moving to a quote cashless society. Now it's just digital. It's just bits. It's just fucking bytes. It's just little zeros and ones on your computer screen. So now it's absolutely nothing. They just they can push a button. Boom. Now you've got a hundred dollars. Boop boop boop. It's 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 not even it's not even real anymore. It's it's digital now. And that's what's fucking up this world. And that's what's destroying this planet. And that's what's blinding us. Blinding us to seeing the beauty of our own selves and only looking at each other and seeing the flaws in each other. All right. And everybody's fucking mad because the society is mad. I think it's interesting this whole cancel culture thing. I, I have an episode called Cancel Culture is Not Social Justice. I don't know if I took it down or not. Um, it might still be up there. But I talked about that. Like this whole thing of you person made a mistake, so like throw the entire human being away. Like if you make a mistake in 2022, like I don't I still don't think you should throw the entire human being away. Now there are some people who should be like not famous anymore, right? Like especially if they show like no remorse. But if you said some stupid shit 5 years ago, 2 years ago or you messed up. Like I'm I'm going to go back to Will Smith cuz everybody's forgotten about it. I've not forgotten about it. I love Will Smith. He fucked up. Okay? He lost his temper. He got up, he walked to the stage, he smacked the shit out of Chris Rock allegedly. And now people want to just throw his entire career away. But this man had lived an exemplary life for 50 years. And how many days are in 50 plus years? And one day he fucked up. That's not even 0.0001%. I don't know what the math is. But one day he fucked up. And people are like, throw him away. Is that fair, guys? Is that fair? I normally don't respond to negative comments on my social media because it's not worth it. Even if you win an argument, you still lose. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, what I mean by that. Listen, if you, somebody invites you to an argument, I'm really good at arguing. Like I can, I can, I can win an argument and I can also hurt you in an argument. Um, I try not to because my mouth is it's harsh. But if I'm pushed to and I allow myself to do that in the past, I could destroy a person. Like I just, I just have a very harsh tongue. Um, it's like the, <laughs> the, the negative aspect of being an empath is that, you know, like you can feel what other people feel, but you can also, you also know how to make people feel how you want them to feel. It's really, I'm like borderline villain, but I have a good heart. So I'm like, not evil. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
So, but I don't do that anymore because I, like I've said in the last episode, I said again, I don't, I'm, I really don't want to add more shit to this world, to the shit pile that's on this world. If I, if I can do nothing else, I, I want to be able to say that I existed and I didn't add shit to the world. If anything, I want to be able to say I took away from it, but we'll, we'll get to that right now. I just want to, I would settle for just not adding more bullshit, more negativity into the world. Okay. I'm not toxically positive clearly listen to this episode like i when i'm when i'm melancholy i just revel in the melancholy like i don't i just deal with it i just eat the pain i just you know deal with it i don't try to mask it i don't try to i just i take myself for a fan i eat my mushrooms and i keep it moving and sometimes i don't even do that sometimes i just go you know what i'm just gonna feel sad today and it's okay it's okay like just be mopey it's fine okay that's me um but I allowed myself to get into um, a going a back and forth, still polite, but I, there were some digs in there with a couple individuals. And I realized two things. I went in the middle of the argument, I went and I looked at this person's profile and this person was badly scarred and they appeared to be disabled. And I realized that they probably don't get a lot of interaction from human beings in real life. It's sad. Um, it was it actually made like it touched my heart a bit. And that they realized or maybe they had learned that most people are programmed to respond to criticism than compliments not me if you say i'm beautiful i'm hopping on the comments and i'm gonna tell you fucking thank you thank you i may not always see it but i appreciate you being kind i'm not the kind of person that's gonna see a thousand comments and only respond to the one negative comment no you tell me i'm beautiful i'm smart you like my t-shirt i'm gonna respond um, I'm going to be doing less of that, though, because uh, social media is eating my life. And I'm going to I think I talked about that at the beginning um, with the with the um, the weeping angels analogy. Um, so I'm going to ease up on that. I'm going to just try to respond to like the first few comments after I post a video. And then after that, like I got a dip because I'm not painting. Um, and I'm going to actually touch back on that to just like remind me. I don't know. I'm telling you to remind me. I'm like literally recording this um, by myself. But <laughs> um but I went and I looked at their, it was like halfway through, we're going back and forth. And I realized like, wait, go look at who, who this person is. Because right now they're just words on your phone. And I went and looked and I was like, wow, this person probably does not get as much human reaction. And they've learned that some people, a lot of people only respond to negativity. And it's not even them. They know what they've learned to trigger people's egos by, by criticizing, right? Because we've all been criticized. So it's a, it's a wound, Right, society at large. When you turn on the the an ad, turn on the TV, and there's an ad, and it's telling you you need this to feel better about yourself. It's a wound. It's a critic. It's a criticism. Right? It's saying you're not good enough. You're not good enough. By this, you're not good enough. By that, and we've grown up with that. Right? Especially you know some you know we we elder millennials. We've grown up with that. Boomers forget about it. You know, so we are programmed also when the person attacks you to one, focus on the negative, ignore all of this like positive, right? Because all the positives, all those positive comments are saying you're good, good enough. And for some reason, when this one percent of person like attacks you, you, you hear that because you think you're supposed to be perfect. But you also know that perfection is not attainable. But yet you live in a society that keeps dangling this like attainability of perfection 
in front of you. So if you can just convince that one person out of the thousand people who said that you were perfect, and by perfect, they mean they can see you and they see that you're good enough, and good enough is perfection. <laughs> it should be. Good enough should be the measure of perfection in this reality. But they see you and they say, you're beautiful the way you are. Right? You ignore all of that. Not me. You ignore all of that. And then you focus on the... And I only say not me. I recently had to learn to do that. But I, I still will. I've spent most of my time on social media responding to positive comments. But I had to, like... In the beginning, like, the first month of social media, I, like, had to learn to do that. And I had to, like, take a step back and go, like... I asked myself, like, Joe, is your ego that fragile? That one negative comment's enough to, like, make you respond? Why are you responding to these people? But you left all of these positive comments there. All you're doing is encouraging people if they want your attention excuse me, uh, <laughs> uh, if they want your attention, don't focus on the one second that I burped. This is an hour and 30 minutes right now listening to me and I haven't burped the entire podcast. Okay. Um, so excuse me. Um, I mean, even me, but what you're doing is encouraging people to leave negative comments if they want your attention. Don't do that. And so for a year and some change, I actually would delete and block anybody that left a negative comment and then only respond to positive comments. But I had to learn that. Um, but for some reason, last week, I had to learn this lesson. So I, I indulged this person. I think it's just the way they went about it. They, like, called me crazy. And I, I, that, at that day, I just was, like, not... Like, my defenses were down. I think my, my period's about to start or whatever. But my defenses were down, and I was just, like, not really feeling it. Like, I just didn't want to be the bigger person. <laughs> right? I just really wanted to let this person know how I felt in that particular moment. And I had spent all day like responding to all these good comments or whatever. But this person said what they said, so I wanted to really go in and say what I had to say. So I'm halfway going back and forth. Uh, and I'm still doing it kindly, by the way. I have never unkind, even when I am leaving. But it's, but it's still an indirect way of letting the person know that they're wrong. But we're going back and forth. And I finally went and looked at their profile and I saw the pictures and I realized that this person just wants human interaction. And they've, they've gone about it. They figured out a way to do it. Whether they're doing this consciously or not, that's something completely different. But they figured out, it's like, like a dog, right? They want your attention. Even if it's negative attention, it's still attention. How many of us have heard that so many times it's never clicked for us? Like, it finally clicked for me. If somebody looks at a, at a video of somebody who's just like putting out content... And just talking to the world. And they look at a human being that's just trying to like talk to people. And they still have nothing positive to say. And they don't have the energy to scroll up. They actually want to sit and leave a fucked up comment. They're not happy. In general. Not even that they're not happy. Because remember I said like it's not like something that you can attain and hold on to. They don't know how to manifest happiness in their day-to-day existence remember i said if you want to be happy right now you don't have to chase happiness you can make yourself happy right now go eat your favorite food go take a warm shower listen to your favorite music turn on your favorite show put on your favorite shoes enjoy the shit that you already have express gratitude for the things that are in your life and appreciate where you are right now that's happiness but they don't have the ability to do any of that if they did, they would have just scrolled on because they wouldn't be one they wouldn't be willing to engage in a potential argument with a person with a stranger online 
So to them, negative feedback is still, negative feedback and negative attention is still better than their current state, which is abject loneliness. To them, negative feedback and negative attention is still a better state than their current state, which is abject loneliness. I'm not willing to give up my present state of peace. You shouldn't be willing to give up your present state of peace to go back and forth with somebody, to drop to a lower level with somebody who, honestly, the negative interaction is the best thing that is happening to them that day. The negative interaction is the best thing that is happening to them that day. You shouldn't be willing to do that. Feel compassion for them and let it go. A person who truly knows how to harness happiness at any moment, at any given moment, and that's something I had to learn to do. And in fact, that is something that my depression taught me to do. It made me hyper aware of like how I felt when my, my, my mood would drop, right? I became hyper aware. And then it made me realize what the triggers for them were. It also made me realize that how can I manage it? I've learned to manage it, which the author, Nassim um, Gami, Gami, I'm sorry if I'm ruining his name, I apologize. But in the book that I I keep recommending on this episode, um, a first-rate madness... Sorry, I'm trying to recall the name because it's because I just finished it. And it's not something that I had on my wish list. It was like recommended. I want to check it. So a first rate madness. Um, he says, like, over time, you do learn to manage it. I don't manage it with alcohol. I, I don't. In fact, I found in time that it made it worse. Remember, I told you it made me hyper aware. It makes you hyper aware of what depletes you. Right. Um. So I don't I don't I don't drink alcohol. I can't. Because I might feel good that one day, but the next day I always felt worse. I always felt worse. So it does make you realize like what sets you off and what doesn't. But remember how I said, even if you win an argument, you lose. Here's a problem with arguing. Remember I said that like I have this like tongue where I could like cut a person down. But one, every time I've done that, I always end up feeling worse off for it the next day. Like I always end up regretting it. Always. Always. Even if the person I felt deserved it, I still always end up regretting it. And two, even if you're right and you win, all you do, that little glee that you feel when you win an argument, all you've done is you've strengthened your ego. And having a strong ego is worse off for you in the end because you're crystallizing an ego. You're crystallizing something that essentially limits you. 
So even if you win, you lose. So overall, it's not even worth it. What I've what I told my friend, a friend of mine reached out. Um, shout out to Nea. Um, she reached out to me today about an argument she had with somebody over Fourth of July weekend. And she said she'd like engaged and she feels disgusted now because she like texted the person and then eventually ended up blocking her. And I was like, you don't have to feel disgusted. Like sometimes people antagonize you, but clearly she's not happy and doesn't know how. It's not even she's not happy. She doesn't know how to harness happiness in her life at any given time. I think that's a more appropriate statement than saying this person is not happy. Because it's like saying this person is not in an orgasm. Like <laughs> They don't know how to make themselves happy, right? It's not something that you can hold on to. It's something that you can make yourself be. At least that's how I choose to see it. So this person that she got into an argument with does not know how to harness happiness. And I said, just don't respond. It's the best response. If a person sends you an insult... The best response is not to respond. Because one, if somebody sends you something, they're, they're doing it to provoke a response from you because they want that response. That's what they want. Even if it's negative, it's you're giving them something. Even if it, it, it's you losing your joy, you're giving them something. So the moment you drop to engage, they, they've won. No matter what you say to them, they've won. For they won that first round at the very least. So when you don't respond, now they don't, one, you don't lose anything because you haven't indulged them. And then two, they have the silence of their own words reverberating, reverberating back to them. So they have the silence and their own words. So they have your silence. They have nothing but your silence and their own words reverberate reverberating like what can i say reverberating reverberating echoing back to them so you give them space to look at what they said to you without giving them what their ego has pushed them to seek out because it's not them right remember too everybody's got that internal monologue it's not them every person you see is two people it's them, who they are at their heart, and then there's this fucked up ego. So you, every person, that, understand going forward that every person you interact with, that's two people. You need to understand that. And so a lot of the time, they're battling against their own ego as well, and sometimes they lose. So what I said to her was, listen, if I ever get to a say, I'm not even going to talk about your friend. If I ever were in a situation where for some reason... I have dropped down to that level where I text you some crazy shit. Block me immediately. Don't respond, please. Ignore my ass because that's not me. That's my fucking ego. She's clearly lost her goddamn mind and she's in control right now. Ignore her. Because you know me for the most part. I'm Gucci. So if I do some untoward shit, ignore me and please block me. Because you're going to do me a favor because you're going to stop me when I can't stop myself. I mean, maybe unblock me a few days later. <laughs> you know what I mean? But block me. Because if I'm engaging in something that I know, like I know for me, I can't speak for this person. I can only speak for myself. But if I ever drop down to that level where I'm like going off, I'm not okay. 
the ego has taken over, block me. Block me. Prevent me from causing further harm to myself by harming the people I care about, if you can. Don't, don't allow me to do that. Just help me and just do that for me. If we can move with that same type of compassion for everybody, the world would be a better place. If we didn't just throw a whole person away because they made one mistake, and I'm not, there's always extremes, right? Because as soon as I say some shit like that, people want to be like, well, what about narcissists? What about fucking, like, do you know what the fuck I'm talking about? I'm talking about day-to-day, every, everyday human beings that are, you know, just trying to make it, not fucking psychopaths, okay? Those are exceptions. There's also, only, they're only also like, they think two to 5% of the population. So not talking, if you're interacting with a person who's straight up a sociopath and incapable of feeling any remorse, um, run, okay? But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about like your regular, like your friends that you've known for years and they fuck up and have a bad day and say some shit to you and then you throw the entire friendship away because of that. I'm guilty of that. I've done this in the past, And that's not okay. But that's because I was socialized. I still forgive myself. I'm not a bad person for doing that. I was socialized to seek perfection, both in myself and in other people. So when people fall short, I lash out at them and punish them the way society punishes you for being imperfect. What do you think all these laws are? Going back to social media, and I ended it that, um, I'm going to ease up on posting on TikTok. I'm going to post when I have something really, really, really important to say or whenever I feel like it. But I was doing the most and I wasn't painting. I haven't been painting. That's not good. What I said to myself was like, if uh, something happened to me, right? Something happens to my eye or some shit like that, I can't see. I'm being completely honest. This is I'm being really candid now. This is actually what I was thinking. I wasn't going to say it, but fuck it. I'm saying it now. What would I regret? Would I regret? What would I regret the most? And what I would would have regretted the most is that I did not use my talents when I had it to paint. And it's not that I don't enjoy the TikToks. I do. But I can only do three things. And TikTok was taking over everything. So I can paint, podcast, and TikTok. But TikTok was stopping me from painting and from podcasting. As you guys have noticed, it took me a while to get to this episode and I had to take a step back because it was I was getting burnt out trying to create content for TikTok. I have been working on, like I said, I don't know, I always have like a first or second take, so I don't even know if I said it at the beginning, but working on writing a book and then I stopped to do TikToks. TikToks doesn't pay my fucking bills. So... <sighs> Ultimately, when faced with a choice, the choice is between painting and creating videos for TikTok. I'm going to paint. Because ultimately, the art that I create needs to be created. It doesn't exist. There's not a lot of art featuring black women. There's not a lot of art featuring women of color, period. And I actually plan on expanding a bit more, um, especially painted in that way. So I'm going to take a step back, social media. And it was honestly consuming my life, to be perfectly honest. And I love podcasting. I love talking to you guys. Long form. And I love reading. 
And um, unfortunately, I like I went from reading like five to seven books over and over again, like repeatedly reading the book, like in a week, like I five to seven books um, a week to just like three to four, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it really bugged me <laughs> um, because there's just so much I want to talk about. And then I'm not because I'm not reading then I'm not talking about it. And then it's just eh, that I'm not writing. So one thing had to go. And it's looking like it's going to be TikTok. I'm not going to stop. Um, I'm going to, you know, but it's going to be when I've done everything else and then it'll be there. And if you catch yourself in this, you know, in the same boat, take a step back and ask yourself the same thing I asked myself. Like, because to use the weeping angel analogy, it's like these social, these apps steal your potential. I saw a video uh, this guy, he did the sound and he said, Instagram said that in order for me to get more followers and reels, I need to put out more videos. So ta-da. And that was the entire video. And that bugged me. It bugged me because on the app, it's not even a human being that reached out to him. It's just a program thing, like a Domino's piece, right? That just knocks over. And then a, an app, the app sends an automated text message that says, produce slave that that's what that's how i fucking took it right and the way they play with you with these algorithms right if you don't post three videos a day or something like that they drop your shit so then it's like produce slave right and what they do is they put ahead of you this hope here's hope again right this this carrot you just keep posting somebody's gonna see you and then you're gonna get your big break and then you're gonna be on this night or whatever and you're gonna get you know companies that are gonna want you to sell their shit and then you're gonna get money and da 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 blah. it's bullshit hope doesn't pay your bills stop allowing these people to use hope to drain you of your creativity and your time and your potential because there's other things you could be doing. Like interacting with people in real life. I don't know. Painting. Podcasting. Dancing with your friends. Talking to your family. Don't let this shit consume you. Consume your potential. There's more to life than what they want us to think. So, I'm still, actually, probably because I'm going to take a step back from TikToking, that will allow me to read more books, which then will mean that I have more shit to talk about. So, we're going to ramp that up a bit. We're going to focus more on the podcast, because I like talking to you guys. Um, and as it stands right now, my YouTube channel is not inundated, so when I post these onto YouTube... I get it's not as many comments, so I can take the time over over days. I'm not going to respond super fast, and um, just just so I can get to a good a better place. Um, but it allows me to not get inundated with comments. I can talk to people and get to know people. The Telegram group is slowly growing, so that's good. Um, but I like this. I feel better. I'm in a better space, and um, go back to you know painting and podcasting. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. That's a good one. That's a good one. I always worry, like, oh, what the fuck am I going to talk about? And then, like, I go in and then, like, I'm talking about positive fascists. <laughs> All right, guys. Lots of love to you.
Uh, I don't know if I finished that thought, but yeah, definitely going to be having more episodes going forward. Um, so thanks for listening.